0: Welcome to Real Talk Intervention, episode number 15. I am your host, Sarah Underbrink, here as always with my lovely co-host, Stephanie Garcia. We're talking about standards once again on Real Talk Intervention today. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, we've talked about standards quite a lot on the podcast so far, and I don't think it's out of line because this idea of, of standards-based teaching, it's a really, really big deal in education now. I, I I don't think it was that big of a deal whenever I started getting certified, which was about maybe 13 years ago. They were uh, telling us lots of stories, how teachers really need to change the way that they teach, and, and I always remember they called um, a certain type of teaching, teaching quote-unquote love, you the units that teachers loved to teach and that they found really fun and really enjoyable, but that these units were not developmentally appropriate for the students or they were not aligned to the to the TEKS, to the Texas standards. And, you know, I, I remember I, I sat there and, and I listened to that and I just was OK. And I had literally no idea what a controversial <laughs> hotbed uh, right. of scandal all of this actually was. How are these standards uh, coming to be
1: our learning targets? Why is this type of education a way to build equity in classrooms for all students? And you're right. This is, surprisingly for me, very, very difficult for some people to, to
0: get behind my idea of wanting to kind of spend a month talking about the standards. Yeah, we're going to spend the month of June talking about the standards. The reason for this comes to me from, from a listener who was an elementary school teacher and was talking to me about standards from a high school level, which was a new perspective for her. And she was asking, are your standards aligned to, you know, the SAT. Where, where does the standards of the SAT align? Where do they align? Where do the TEKS align with what College Board wants? Where do the pre-AP, AP standards, how do they align? And it started making me think about when, you know, one of the struggles at the high school level – is how we have so many disparate goals that we're trying to reach for so many different students. You have the TEKS, which are kind of this minimum baseline standard that all students need to have in order to graduate high school. But then you have other students who maybe they need to go further than that. When are they going to get access to AP standards or SAT standards or ACT standards. So I wanted us to, to talk today, Stephanie, a little bit about all the different standards that we have at high school, and how we follow those standards, how we align to those standards, or how we're not aligning to them. What do the standards really look like for us at a high school level? What's appropriate?
1: And just like all education reform movements, there are there is a lot of a pushback that says creativity and love of learning is going to be negatively impacted by that focus on the standards, whatever those standards might be. And there's also people that would claim that the standards are set by people who don't know kids or are not setting developmentally appropriate standards for those kids. Recently in Texas, there's even been some use of the biology standards wording to push a political or religious agenda. So I think that there is a lot of curiosity when it comes to where these standards are coming from and who is creating these standards. Something I don't think that I'm an expert in at all. And I am really excited to kind of dive into this with you.
0: Today, uh, you and I are going to talk about how we see the standards working at the high school level. And then we're going to have next week a very exciting conversation about where the standards come from and who writes the standards? Just kind of to begin with, I'm, I'm going to speak to a second. We are going to talk about the new science standards. and There has been uh, controversy about... Uh- apparently Copernicus is still a problem I'm, I'm not sure we're still having controversy about science standards um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on a colleague of mine who is actually an AP level teacher it's because he and I have just really different ideas about what standards should be and
1: the episode after that I'm going to be bringing in a couple people from English because as you know we adopted new English standards this year in Texas as well and it was a huge reform so I'm lucky enough to have a few of of the people who um, were on those committees that worked in Austin on creating those those standards, and one of the people that we're going to have on here, uh, Dr. Revel, she was one of the writers, and she also wrote a, a opinion piece for the Dallas Morning News recently about how a lot of those recommendations from the teachers and from those committees were not followed. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good con- conversations. I think we're going to have.
0: So Stephanie, I want to I want to start here. Let's let's kind of align our listeners. There's something that's very important to understand about about Texas, which is in Texas, we do follow a set of standards called the TEKS. These are the standards that we are required to have by federal law that was started in, two, you know, 2000 and the No Child Left Behind Act gave us this this need to have these standards that all states have to follow. And so we do follow the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. 45 of the other states States in this nation follow the Common Core standards. You know, it is important to say that when we're talking about standards, for those of us, our listeners who are not in Texas, we are referring to something that's very specific and it's not something that the majority of the country is following. In all
1: honesty, I've looked over the Common Core. ELA standards and it it, they're pretty much the same thing as the teeks there there's not a whole lot of difference they might word things a little bit differently but the same skills the same the same content everything's fairly aligned i think there's a lot of confusion about common core being a curriculum I think that's one of the biggest things that I run into when I'm when I'm talking to people is they think it's a mandated curriculum. And I think we have to understand what the difference between content standards and curriculum actually would be.
0: I think a lot of what the differences are in Common Core antiques is not going to be clear at our level.
1: At our level, definitely not. I mean, one of the bigger differences I've noticed between Common Core and our antiques is there um, in ELA, they are into levels of tax complexity. so and so they have all these formulas for figuring out because I mean there's there's multiple, there's, there's multiple pieces of text complexity. There's language complexity, which is something that, like, a flesh Kincaid or, or a Lexile is going to be able to measure. Um, it's computer-based measurement at that point. But then there's also the concept uh, complexity, and they have all these ways of being able to measure that. That's something I don't see with TEKS. They don't have any sort of um, differentiation between text complexity idea um, I do notice the Common Core has note, has made made specific references to think to pieces like Ovid or Shakespearean plays. But they're used as examples, uh, as, and they're not mandated to be taught. So there's no texts that are mandated. It's just these are examples that you might be able to use.
0: The, the criticisms that I've heard about, about the Common Core and kind of standards in general and curriculums in general is the developmental inappropriateness at the lower levels. And I think it's, you know, always important to say we can't necessarily really speak to that.
1: Right. No, we're yeah. this is definitely secondary.
0: Yeah. For <laughs> you. Yeah. All I'm finding is just a whole bunch of like, opinion and anger, and
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't understand with the Common Core. It's like I, I don't understand what the issue is. I, I guess I wish I did. I wish people would let me know. I mean, I haven't taught it. Right. I, I just know what I've read. I It doesn't look any different than the
0: takes. Well, I think I and, and I do think a lot of that problem is kind of this general idea <clears throat> of just hating the philosophy of standards. I think there is right. like, a philosophical hatred of standards. And I think I think you can see I think one conversation that you and I had, which shows the, the huge change in philosophy that's occurred in the 30 years that you and I, you know, came from school to where we are now, because when we were talking about do, do the standards align to the, the SAT, the ACT, or whatever? The first thing you and I were like, well, does the SAT <laughs> the SAT have standards? Like the very idea. Well, they have to, right? Yeah, the standardized test. When you so. think about it, you're like, of course they, they must have standards. They must have something <laughs> that they're aligned to. They must have, like, here's the things that we are testing. They must have that written down somewhere. But it's right. never occurred to me to consider what the, the SAT or the ACT is actually requiring students to do. And I was a very high level student who studied and crammed for these exams, and even the idea. of of sitting down and writing down what it was they wanted me to know never occurred to me and was never presented to me. And I think that's one of the strongest arguments that I can make from a student perspective as to why the standards not only are, are important, but why they need to be made visible to a student. I really feel like myself as a high level, high achieving student, if someone had handed me a list that said, these are the things the SAT wants you to know how to do. I feel like I would have had much more of a grasp of what I was studying for and where I was going. I mean, I can remember even at the time just being like, "Math, <laughs> English." Right. They're testing me on math. <laughs> They're testing me on reading. You know, whereas if I knew uh, that the, the Pythagorean theorem is a thing, I, there was and, and it seems kind of ridiculous coming now from the perspective that I'm at, where standards are so so foremost in my mind. But I would never have been able to put together in my head the idea that the Pythagorean Theorem was something important. So when I'm looking at a question, I should consider applying the Pythagorean Theorem because I know the Pythagorean Theorem is tested. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I personally, that's that's one of the things that I've always loved about the standards is it's not teaching me, it's not telling me how I have to teach something. It's telling me what I'm aiming for, what what is important. And I don't, honestly, I don't have time to try to figure out, you know, with any sort of research, what is important for jobs, for college, for other subjects. I kind of like having experts kind of narrow it down for me so I have some place to go to, where I'm not having to kind of remake the wheel every single time I walk into a English one classroom.
0: But that's the problem. We cannot agree on what those things are. I mean, we, you know, you and I in our research for this episode, we were kind of looking at some of these SAT standards, ACT standards, AP standards. I mean, these standards are really different. And to take it from the science perspective, I can tell you with all honesty, at least in my, on my campus and in my professional life as a teacher. I have never considered... Teaching to the ACT science standards as being a goal that I, I have, I think we all treat the ACT and the SAT as something along the lines of like, you, you know, you're going to make students good in science, and then they're going to score well on the science ACT section. Yeah, yeah, but that's, I mean, but we don't treat anything else that way. We certainly don't treat the star that <laughs> way, you know, so why are we treating these college entrance exams that way? And coming from, again, my, my perspective and the time that I've spent in education I can tell you that the things that the ACT tests for science are honestly the skills that we end up kind of pushing to the background in really? our content classes well yeah because the ACT is uh, very much more of a science literacy test rather than necessarily a content test it's a lot of uh, what we would consider like the process sort of skills where it's um, nice. you know salt, figuring out a co- figuring out experiments and and that which honestly was something something that was hit a lot harder on tax but the way that the star is it's so much for more biology content so I think we're I would actually say that the switch from tax to star probably hurts our science ACT scores I'm gonna I'm gonna go out Hmm. on a limb I have nothing I have absolutely nothing to base that on other than me just seeing the shift in the way that we teach from tax to star to become so much more hardcore content. Yeah, that's a pretty large divergence in, in what we're, we're going for there. Well, if we know that our students need to take the SAT, need to take the ACT. But and we're those, being
1: assessed on it in Texas. And That's we part are. That's our A it is, F it is true. measures.
0: It is true. But those things are not in line with the other standardized tests that we're taking, or they're not in line with the TEKS because they're not all perfectly aligned. It, it makes it difficult. And should they be perfectly aligned? Do you think that our state standards or Common Core should be aligned to the standards that the SAT and the ACT are using?
1: Well, I, I uh, that that's a hard question because I mean, you know, I was sitting in a meeting today with a with a program that we use here in our district and they were talking about how they've recently gone through this whole realignment. It looked like something like 21 different core curriculum programs. And, and that's a lot, especially if you've got 40, I mean, most of the states are aligned to Common Core, um, and then you've got these five outlier states. So it's it's a lot to expect these tests to align to multiple different standards. And then you've also got the college and career readiness standards, which I've, you know, honestly, before we started researching for this, I always thought that those were national, but apparently the ones I've been looking at
0: have just been applied to Texas. So... Right. I was I was a little bit like, what? The only thing that comes to my mind, if you say this program is aligned to 45 different standards, it tells you one of two things. It tells you either that the standards are not that different from each other. So why do we have 45 different ones?
1: Which or, is what I think of in English, honestly. Or, yeah,
0: or that you know the program is just are we being rigid <laughs> are we being rigid about our alignments or are we just sort of being like yeah you know that aligns that's loosey-goosey and, and i think it's a little bit of both to be honest with you hmm. so much of it comes down to the rigor levels i mean that's what i what i've seen when i've looked at different standards before it's coming down to the rigor levels and uh, for science a lot of what it comes down to for us is sequence of sequence of course progression. You're, you know, Texas has a certain sequence that they recommend that you take your science classes in, but that's not necessarily the sequence that is taken in all other states or that's necessarily recommended. You know, for example, it's recommended for us to take biology over chemistry. That's kind of a controversial decision because yeah. biology requires a lot of chemistry and, and technically you've taken you, you've you technically taken kind of the prerequisite chemistry in your, in your eighth grade. You know, you technically have but we're not seeing that that knowledge. Is
1: coming up. That- I was reading this really cool article that you might like. I was talking about where that came from. So back in like way 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s, they they started coming. The NEA, the newest um, little burgeoning NEA, ha- came up with. This idea of like a standard progression, a learning progression, right? And they know that to be able to do biology, you have to be able to do chemistry. And chemistry is much better suited uh, to student learning after they've learned physics, right? So that's the progression. But the thinking was that the kids weren't ready for chemistry because their math skills weren't aligning. Right. So
0: that's why that
1: switch is is there yeah. no
0: it's it's true and, and yeah, that's interesting is, well it is very true i mean it kind of depends on how your math is aligned uh, chemistry and chemistry and algebra really do support each other in a whole lot of ways but you're i think you have to rethink about it they do not have the math grounding it's true you know t- if you go directly into into chemistry as, as a freshman you are not going to have the grounding of math but what you have instead is you have a cooperation of learning the necessary math kind of at the same time i personally have always felt that the the fact that they don't already have the math is a benefit to taking chemistry at that time because i see that in those classes as cooperating together so you're learning you're learning the problem the mathematical problem solving skills the ratios you know the cross multiplication the algebra the stoichiometry you're learning all that stuff kind of concurrently at the same classes and at the same time. That's basically what chemistry and physics are. They're your applied math.
1: Oh, interesting. So to me,
0: it makes so much sense to take those courses concurrently. The experts experts don't agree. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. The experts don't agree with me on that. Yeah.
1: Although we, we did have a big impact on Texas law when they didn't pass the t- oh, yeah. teaching over testing act, that yeah. was all us. If you haven't paid I'm attention, we, Yeah, yeah, we totally
0: destroyed um, that <laughs> bill. So I think the next thing that we're going to completely destroy is the scope and sequence of, of science classes yes. in Texas. I'm the learning I'm progression
1: it. is ours. I've been
0: But Stephanie, I think you. I, I think I feel like you ducked my question. Do you think that our our high school standards should be aligned to the SAT and the ACT? Like, intentionally aligned to those things.
1: No, like I said, I'm, I'm limited in my little bitty world that I have, so, I, so I, it's hard for me to speak to something else.
0: I mean, I think my, my initial reaction to some of this, I mean, I, I think I'm very torn. I'm very torn by this whole concept of aligning our standards toward um, toward college board, college entrance exams. I, I have kind of a, I don't know if you would call it ethical or intellectual or philosophical Uh, my back goes up against the idea that what high school necessarily is is preparation for college i mean i think that that is something that high school can do i don't think that's something that high school needs to exclusively do or needs to make their sole province and so whenever we start aligning ourselves specifically in college entrance exams i find that i mean i'm not so into that i like to think of high school as being the the just the minimum standards of education for you to go out into the world and make your own choices and and have the most options, which I, I guess I yeah. can understand why I can understand how that argument turns back against me. Uh, and but then my other my other thing is, I mean. And I guess there's nothing we can do about it because it's already in play. But, you know, College Board, they're making money on this stuff, you know. You know, like you and I had the opportunity uh, to proctor a bunch of AP tests Mm -hmm. over the past month. The opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I took that opportunity to sit there a lot wondering how much money we're spending to make College Board money on these AP tests. I mean, I was getting paid by in my job. This was in the middle of my working hours, so I am not doing my job because I'm proctoring, you know, AP exams our students benefit but our students paid, you know, our students paid college board for that. And same thing. I mean, SAT, of course, they do on the weekends and stuff like that. And SAT covers the, you know, the, the cost of that. But there's there's just something in the back of my mind that is just like, yeah. why are we a public institution supporting these private college entrance or gatekeeping? Well, the gatekeeping same thing agents. happens
1: with STAR. We, we buy the STAR from them, too
0: well yeah but that's that's different because that's us we we have elected our politicians they have selected what our standards are going to be they've selected what is the minimum requirements you know that's all within us this is something private they have privately decided this is what is going to be the standard i do
1: think teachers have a responsibility to keep what those tests are looking at in mind. Now, I don't really think that that's pretty, very controversial English because it's all the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. There's not much difference between any of the standards. It's all like inferencing and comprehension and vocabulary and there's not a whole lot of difference so I can get away with that kind of thinking. But the question probably gets a lot bigger, especially with math
0: common core is much more of a number sense kind of idea and that's what i'm talking about that's on like the more developmental lower level it's a move right. to number sense as, a, as opposed to arithmetic which i think which is like. right really, yeah i mean i think it's a really great thing i think that like like most things in education you know being poorly understood and poorly implemented and, sure. and a lot of different things that are getting in the way of of the common core ideas and concepts and ideals being being put out there but i, I don't have any experience in that in that level let's think about all the things we're keeping in mind i mean we're aligning to the teaks now we're aligning to the college board we're keeping our college and career readiness we're doing our esol standards yeah boy that's just you know it's just too much and but there is going to be a lot of pushback to just saying well here's the common standards everyone goes to because we all have different ideas about what's important
1: I would love to kind of have some work. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I'm all about standardization. There's too much. I mean, I honestly, we could work together in our PLCs to look at all of those different standards and say, okay, so we're going to do this, and this is going to align to ESOL, college readiness, TICs, and the ACT, and this is going to cover all of these, and we could get that all done in PLCs. But it does seem a little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it's like we're having to redo some thinking that I don't know, I, I, I don't object to it being done at the top and like said down to me. I really don't. I mean, if they were telling me I had to teach, you know things that were yeah I see. I know,
0: it, uh, well, <laughs> it I mean, all comes down to your it comes down to your personal perspective and every it's just so it's just so complicated and it is yeah. so important. Because everyone has a different idea about what they think schools should do, and that's right. what all these standards are reflecting these different viewpoints about what schools should do. And because everybody thinks that what schools should do is very important,
1: they just want us <laughs> to is. do all
0: of it. You know, it, it is very important that we prepare students for college. It is, yeah. but it's also very important that we don't, you know, disenfranchise and, and disincline the students for whom that's not their goal. And and so we're just torn, you know, because it's just so difficult to understand what are we doing here?
1: Let me ask you this. Are there any standards in any of the, in the ACT or in, in the TEKS or the Common Core, anything that you've seen that you would say are, A, not really important to the kids future, their career readiness, their college readiness, or that you would like object to morally, is there anything in there that you just think is wrong? I mean object to morally no of course but look, there
0: are people that yeah. will
1: object to some things morally like or, yeah
0: or... look I'm a bit I, I this is this is something that I'll talk I mean I'm sure that uh, my AP teacher and I will talk about a lot more in depth I mean right to, to me when it comes to, to that question of, of what do I think of these standards are being asked to teach okay it, to me it all it does really come down to what is the purpose of of high school because yeah. I spend my life teaching deep molecular biology to people who do not care and who do not know that cows eat grass. But because <laughs> I cannot spend my time teaching them about things that I think are much more important and much more valuable to their life, I think it would be much more important to spend my time teaching them about the environment, environmental impacts, and climate change, and where energy comes from, and energy recycling, and minerals, and and, and that sort of thing, a water cycle, I think those sorts of things would be extremely important, and they are in the tees. I mean, they are in the teaks, and they are something that I teach, but I spend equal amounts of time, if not more amounts of time, teaching them deep, deep molecular chemistry, because that's something that they are strongly tested on and something that Mm. they are required to know. So do I think that it's harmful to their life to know what a hydrocarbon is and what the ratio of carbon to hydrogen and oxygen is in hydrocarbons? No, I don't think that's harmful to their life but i don't think i mean i think it's a question of what are we doing for your certain students that are wanting to take science majors then cool yeah that's 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 great for the average citizen who needs to participate in science are those standards what i need to be to be doing you know so it's not necessarily that i have a problem with any of the standards on their own i just i i have i take issue with the purpose of schools, the purpose of the standards, and what what we're doing with them. Because passing that STAR test is the minimum requirement. So we've decided that to be a citizen in America, you need to know molecular biology. biology. (laughs) Molecular biology. You know
1: what I'm saying? I mean, that's kind of getting into the learning progression. Because like, the reason why we had a learning progression is is that we have these specific needs and abilities of students at particular stages of intellectual, emotional, social, physical development and we're saying that these these this sequence of learning expectations are going to be able to prepare those kids for the more challenging concepts right so like to me what we're saying is that the standards can be the standards but maybe the whole age progressed model the seat time model you know uh, how much instruction time like uh, like if you sit in a biology class and you turn in X amount of projects you will get the credit whether you know any of those standards or not
0: yeah yeah and maybe that's the problem making information like that requirement for every human being in America I mean I think I, I think that's that's the problem. I don't think the students are not ready for the material. I don't think the scope and sequence is wrong. I don't think they're developmentally necessarily developmentally unready for the material. I just think it's not information that they're interested in.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I do have to say that's one thing that I have a very, I have a huge advantage over you at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really feel like there's yeah. not a single thing that I teach what that you do. I don't need my kids to yes.
0: <laughs> What you do is crucial. It's I mean, we have, that's why we have crucial. to, we have to toe the line when it comes to reading and writing standards. Like, there needs to be reading and writing standards. There's no question about right. that. Right. I mean, and I think there, I think there, I think there could be and should be science. Science, minimum, minimum science standards. I don't know that we We found what those necessarily should be, but that's where you're really getting political, and you're really you're stepping into it when you when you get to science. So,
1: well, it kind of sounds like it would be more beneficial to have more alignment to those ACT tests because they're talking about the science literacy that you're talking about. Yeah, that's what we need to be able to have out there. We need to have kids to be able to look at articles and say, this is illogical, right? Right, This is not well supported data, you know, whatever, you know, like the whole thing with statistics, like how we were talking about how we'd like to have kids take statistics instead of algebra two, right?
0: Agreed. Yeah, absolutely agreed. So uh, our, our conclusion is,
1: there's just too many questions. That's, that's our conclusion, I think. Yeah, (laughs) we're
0: not going to solve this. We're not going to solve this. And we're not experts in this. I just want to talk
1: to more people that do know more about this because, like, I mean, I I love the question that you kind of posed for us. If we're going to say that we want to be a standards-based classroom, where are those standards coming from? And I think that's
0: really important to kind of think about. So I think it's really exciting that we do have some stakeholders in the process of writing standards that we're going to get to talk to. We're going to have Amanda Brewer,
1: and she is a teacher. She was on the committee, and then we've also got Dr.
0: Carol Ravel, She is a professor. She was on the committee as well. So this is going to be a really great honor for us, and it's definitely going to be some super interesting conversation. So please look for that. That is going to be airing on June the 13th, our conversation with some of the members of the Texas english subcommittee for writing english standards so if you want to get that information out to your colleagues please do share the link to our podcast we are on itunes and on stitcher real talk intervention they can also follow us on our blog realtalkintervention.blogspot.com follow us on facebook we are on there sending all kinds of uh, cool information your way and we are on twitter at intervene number four real Thank you so much for joining us. I don't know if we uh, engaged y'all in this discussion, but hopefully we got you hyped for our conversation next time with some actual experts. We will (laughs) see you next week.